You create your life with the stories you tell yourself. Want more fun, love, and money? Then write your new story and live into it. Louis DiBianco's podcast, Change Your Story, Change Your Life, shows you how to discover your empowering story. You'll meet many successful people who have created magnificent lives, even when the odds were stacked against them. Plus, you'll learn the secrets of great storytelling that can explode your business. And now, here is your host, Louis DiBianco. Have you ever heard the expression, you see the glory, but you don't know the story? I believe those words apply to most people who've achieved enormous success. We see their accomplishments and we make up our own story about the person who achieved them. We cast them in the role of a superhero or highly gifted, born with talents that somehow passed us by. Our story is just that, a story. Successful people, for the most part, are people who decided to write a new story for themselves and live into it. Hey, hello, storytellers, and welcome once again to another episode of Change Your Story, Change Your Life. I'm your host, Louis DiBianco. Our sponsor is Audible. They are offering you a download for free of your favorite audiobook. They will also give you a one-month free trial of their entire service. Go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power. You can enjoy this show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, and of course, on the website, changeyourstorypodcast.com. Also on the website, you will find my free gift to you, a powerful transformational ebook called Storytelling Secrets for a Rich Life and Business. I would love to know what you're getting from this show and also what you'd like to see in it going forward. Send me your comments to Lewis, L-O-U-I-S, at changeyourstorypodcast.com. I promise to read all of your comments and to choose some of them to share with all of the other storytellers on a future show. Today's guest is definitely a person who decided to create a new story and live into it. He is one of the world's leading high-pressure performance mindset coaches. Yep, you heard that right. Over the last 14 years, he's worked with clients from all over the world, such as Saudi Arabian royalty, world champion athletes, multimillionaire CEOs and industry leaders, from internet marketing, TV and stage, forex, and real estate. He has developed cutting-edge mental systems that allow him to provide results for the highest-performing individuals now listen to this, who are under the greatest amounts of pressure and stress, allowing them to create world-class performance every day. Not bad. Many people can't even perform when they're not under stress. At the age of 26, he actually launched into his first really big entrepreneurial venture, but I'm going to let him tell us about that. And since then, he has seen over 2,500 plus clients face-to-face 
in the private sector. Now, whether it's rapid decision-making in business meetings and mergers, walking on a TV set in front of millions with total confidence and belief, or destroying limitations to expand and accelerate your business to help you create your empowering new reality. But he wasn't always at the top of his game. So hang around and discover his fascinating story behind the glory. His name is Andy Murphy. I'm honored and excited to welcome him to the show. Andy, thank you for being our guest today on Change Your Story, Change Your Life. Lewis, that gives me all warm and fuzzies, my friend, especially your voice. That, that, that was a beautiful intro. Thank you, sir. It's such a pleasure. I'm excited to get to know you today and everyone listening. And I am too. And by the way, for my listeners, whom I affectionately call storytellers, <laughs> the reason that Andy is even here today is because I recently did um, a podcast with Tara Romano, who is one of his very successful students. She attributes much of her success to the coaching that she got from Andy. So Andy, we'll begin at the beginning. Where were you born, my friend? I was born in an English place called Liverpool, home of the Beatles. <laughs> home of the Beatles. Can you sing like them? I can't sing like them, but I can talk like them a little bit if you want. But you might oh, not that... be able to understand me. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. I love it. <laughs> uh, so tell us a little bit about what your childhood was like. Yeah, it was an, that's, a, that's a beautiful question to start with, Lewis. It's, it was an interesting one. Martial arts was my childhood. I am one of my, yeah, that's all I've done all my life. Well, not all I've done, a lot of what I've done all my life. My, one of my earliest memories is watching my dad compete in a competition. I think I was like four or five months old. I've recently found out I was that young and um, started martial arts myself at the age of nine. And um, that was my childhood, obsessed with Bruce Lee, Jean-Claude Van Damme. And um, even his philosophy is actually Bruce Lee. When I look back, Maybe this is where I got it all from, but yeah, I trained and I, um, a long time I was uh, an instructor, black belt um, second dan on the England team up until the age of about 20, um, yeah, 22. And um, I've competed in mixed martial arts, but my childhood in Liverpool was, um, I grew up rough, buddy. I grew up rough, a very working class background and no opportunities after leaving school and Everyone around you is doing nine to five jobs and not just nine to five jobs, car factories, electricians, fact, things like that. There was, there was no opportunities when I left school. So that's how I grew up. Um, my wow. friends were doing chaos and I tried to um, stay away from it. So you competed in mixed martial arts. Is that cage fighting? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> when did you do when did you do that? Um, up until maybe four or five years ago when I had a, a, a pretty bad accident or injury in training, I got my um, leg snapped in half. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, but we don't let that stop us. We get any reconstruction and we, um, we do our best. But ever since the age of nine, yeah, I, I've always been just, it's been my biggest passion. And I, I say, Lewis, that school didn't really teach me too much. I learned everything from martial arts, the discipline, the mindset, how to drive forwards, how to be disciplined, how to be mentored. Everything came from martial arts. It really did. 
I totally believe that. I totally understand it. Absolutely. That's wonderful. Now, mm-hmm. did you have siblings? I've got an older brother. Um, yeah, he's four years older than me. Different in probably 80% of ways, but underlining it all, I think we've got the same heart. You know, we, we really do care. And um, he actually, we grew up very separate lives. He grew up very straight-laced. I was hanging around with crazy people doing crazy <laughs> things, right? I was the good boy amongst crazies. And um, he actually lives in California. And that was an, just a, as a little segue, that was an interesting story how the universe or whatever you want to call it works. I was um, living in New Zealand at the time because I've been away from the UK for 14 years. And uh, I was living in New Zealand and I hadn't spoke to my brother in maybe two years. And within six months, we both ended up in California. And that's where he lives right now. And he's, there's three little kiddies over there that I've got to get to next year. <laughs> I can hear the affection in your voice. That's great. No. That's wonderful. Now, so tell us a bit about who your parents were and what they did. You did already say your dad was into martial arts. but Yeah. So My dad was very intense. My <laughs> dad was very intense. You think I grew up in a rough background? My dad grew up in a much, much worse place. And um, I don't think he's ever let go of that pain, you know? He's still learning and growing. And I think that was one of my... I got my strength from my dad, definitely. But I also see a lot of negative patterns that I really have to work through, right? And my, he was an electrician. So just a normal working class guy. And uh, my mom was a nurse. Mm. So... Nurses is also good and bad, by the way. My said, oh, doing martial arts, nurses are a great thing. Well, they see a lot of injuries. And when you come home with an injury, they've seen a lot worse. So they put a Band-Aid on it and tell you to go and carry on. <laughs> but, <laughs> but loving people, but like most parents, um, they're doing the best, you know. They're just doing the best. And, and who did you look up to most when you were a child? Hmm. Interesting question. Honestly, in the real world, <laughs> it was probably my martial arts instructor, although I, I respected him. So I literally kept out of trouble. So I didn't bring it back to the house for my dad. And also, I didn't want to disappoint my instructor. Um, and the other thing was Bruce Lee. <laughs> I was obsessed with Bruce Lee. And I think, you know, it really did like, rub off on me. We talk about NLP, we talk about modeling. Well, definitely when I look back, I definitely modeled Bruce Lee and he's, he's his, again, his heart, his mindset, and um, definitely his, um, his roundhouse kicks. <laughs> <laughs> that is just wonderful. <laughs> and um, storytellers, you're really going to appreciate this more and more as we get into the kind of work that Andy currently does. Now, when you were a little boy, did you have some vivid dream about what you'd become when you grow up? That's a, that's a really interesting question. Honestly, all I wanted to do was, was find a way I could earn money from, from training. And there was, for me, I didn't understand. I was definitely not an entrepreneur. No one taught me about mindset. Nobody taught me how to think um, a different way. And the answer is no. I had no clue or idea. When I, there's an interesting story for you, Lewis. 
at the last last like few months, maybe six months of school, we we have someone who comes in, a career advisor. I know people have that in the states, and it's just called a different word, right? And he come in with all of these manuals. There was all these books, and there was folders up on folder up on folder. And I went through them all, and all these were different careers and jobs you could have. And I went through them all, and I remember spending two hours because I really wanted to find out what I wanted to do. There wasn't one thing that connected to me. And I went to the guy and said, I don't want to do any of them. What else is there? And the guy looked at me and went, uh, no, that's it. And I went, no, I don't want to do any of that. What else is there? And he went, he literally turned his back on me and talked to someone else. And I ended up from the age of like 15, I was working and I was, I was in restaurants washing dishes. I was doing anything that I could just to, just to earn some money. And there was no vision there. But things changed at the age of 21. This is where a big shift in my life. I'll tell you a quick little story. But I actually um, had never used a computer in my life. <laughs> no joke at 21, right? No joke. Never even double-clicked a mouse. <laughs> and, um, and I was working in a car factory at the time on the line putting car parts together and um, just to earn money. And that wasn't a nice environment for a start. But then something came into my head. My little intuition kicked in. And it said, you need to get into computers. You need to get into IT. So I was like, okay, this is a little voice. Trusted it, trusted the feeling. And went to my manager at the time and said, okay, I'm going to want to do this course. He said yes. And then he said no after I'd booked it and paid for it. So I did it anyway. And, and basically, that's how I got into computers. And that took me in a different direction. And this is the first time I saw money. This is the first time I saw um, business and it was around a very different type of person because the, the company I ended up working for in computers, they booked 99% of all Concord bookings in the world. They worked with Andrew Lloyd Webber, David Beckham, all of these people. It's a very high-end luxury holiday company. I saw Aston Martins, Ferraris in the driveway. And my brain was like, how? How do you do that? And after about 18 months, I became the worst employee after being the best employee <laughs> because I started to get bored. And my manager, who I really liked, and he liked me, and he said, look, Andy, you're starting to cause chaos. <laughs> um, I stopped listening, you know? I stopped listening, doing what I want. And that's not a good employee. But he basically said, look, there's no way for you to move up in the company because all the jobs are taken, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to give you three months' money Go and get the qualification that you want and go and get the job that you want. What I did from there, Lewis, was went, really? Thank you. I'm going to Australia. And, and that's literally within, I think, six or seven weeks of him giving me that money. I passed another Microsoft qualification and flew all the way to Australia on my own. Didn't have a job, didn't know anyone. And that wow. was in 24, yeah. Wow. And... It just was a notion that came into your head. Yeah, well, the thing, well, that was what I missed out. At 21, I was working in that car factory, and my girlfriend at the time I was with for about four years when I was young, um, she had an uncle in Australia. And I'd only been to a couple of countries, didn't really go on holidays or anything when I was young, or vacations for you Americans. But it's, um, and I went to Australia for about three weeks. I came back, and I went, I don't know how, but I'm going back. And I said, actually, it's probably not going to be with my girlfriend, but I was going back. And it took me a couple of years, but it happened. 
Yeah. Fantastic. So tell us about your first major entrepreneurial venture. Oh, that's beautiful. And um, let's think about that. Well, it, it really was this big moment in, in my life because at the time I got involved in NLP, which is the, the mindset stuff, but I didn't even know it was NLP. I was trained that way very technically in sales in Australia. And that's what, how I got into all this whole industry and became the top performer inside, I think, five months in Australia. Then we got headhunted to New Zealand. And then I became the top performer in that company and broke every record in about five different co um, com um, companies doing investment real estate. And I was, a I was the top performer in the country. And it was all to do with this NLP type of sales. And I got bored, right? I get bored sometimes. And I basically, my friend came, this is a, a crazy story when I think back. My friend came back with a tiny little newspaper clipping. He'd just come back from Dubai. And it said the worldwidepropertyfair.com. That was all it was, this tiny little newspaper clipping. And my brain at 26 years old went, oh, I'm going to take Australian and New Zealand real estate over to Dubai. And what happened was I'd never put a business plan together, knew nothing about being an entrepreneur. All I knew was how to sell. And I'd only learned that a few years before. And what happened then was I went to a, a guy who was working with us, who was helping the company out as far as I was aware. He was very retired as far as I was aware. And I went to him to, for advice, much older gentleman than me at the time, like 20 years old. Uh, so I went to him for advice to put a business plan together. He was in the process of half working on a putting, building a project to build a, a resort in Fiji. He knew who I was. He knew what I could do. He knew our results. And I showed him my vision. And he said, well, why don't we take this Fiji project, the resort, connect it with your concept of Dubai, and let's take it over there and market it. So at 26, that's what we did. I spent 18, 19 hours a day for the next six months. We put this project together, and this was insane, Lewis. I was, I was, I was, I met the Sheikh of, of Dubai and Abu Dhabi. We were sitting there. Everyone around us was selling cities. They were selling du the, palm the palms, Dubai land. They were selling the, the world's largest building right now in the world, which is like 166 stories in Dubai. This was all off the plan. So we, I was looking around and all these were billion dollar developments and I'm sitting there going, wow, right? So we were putting this project together uh, in Fiji and we went over there and all the rest of it. I came back and this is the pinnacle shift because we came back and the market started to change in real estate which was 2008. And the crazy thing was my best friend, my business partner, the guy, my mentor who I looked up to decided it was a fantastic idea to steal all my money, lie to me, watch me go into bankruptcy, watch me go through a nervous breakdown, watched me um, lose my girlfriend um, who, was, uh, who I was with for several years um, who I wanted to be with. Um, lost my investment property, lost my second five series BMW, lost my house. And he watched all this. And while he was buying boats with my money and all the rest of it and was lying to me. And then I went from having all of that thinking I was awesome, full of ego, by the way, which was insecurity. And then basically was living in the basement of a gym, training and fighting every day. And which was fun, 
But it's not fun, Lewis, when you can't afford food, you can't afford rent. And that was the biggest, most painful moment, year of my life, but it was also the most incredible life-changing moment of my life. And I can keep talking, as you can tell, but I can keep telling you the next part of the story if you'd like it. Well, I really love it because, um, I mean, yeah, I was, go I was going to ask, you know, was there a pivotal moment in your life that changed everything? And you certainly have already answered that question. And that is the most powerful thing for, to, for people to hear, yeah. to see that, yeah, it isn't, it usually isn't one smooth ride gliding to the top. No. So here you were now, almost broken. Oh, yeah. How did you begin to come out of that and start to create your success? It's, it's, it's a fantastic question. And even when I think back now, Lewis, it gets me even emotional because it's that fighter inside of me that kept me moving forwards. And I remember sitting there and I remember the image so vividly. And I sat there in this room and I said, said to myself, my little intuition kicked in again. And it said to me, okay, Andy, now what? You know you're good at what you do. You've seen over 2,000 people face-to-face -face in sales. You're the top in the industry, but you've, this has all changed now. So what do you want? And honestly, this sounds even a little bit cheesy to me even saying this because it sounds cliche, but honestly, this little voice in my head said, what do you want? What is your perfect day? Mm. What is this perfect day? And I remember writing it and writing it and writing it. it was to be able to travel the world, to be complete, have freedom, to, to earn $1,000 from, um, from, from working from the beach, to work with professional athletes and fighters. And I didn't have a clue how. And then the other little voice kicked in and said, well, what are the top 10 things that you would want to do each day that would excite you the most and you wouldn't even care if you got paid? And I wrote those things down. And that is literally what shifted my focus. And from there, what the crazy thing was, it's funny how synchronicity works in your life because I asked my friend, okay, I'm going to take this NLP stuff to the whole next level. Download me everything you can find. And he literally gave me a hard drive and it had a hundred files on it. And I opened it, went, oh no, what? And then I literally looked up in the air and went, show me where I'm supposed to go. And I, this is the crazy thing. I clicked on one file folder, went inside that folder, inside another folder, and ended up going deep and found in one course. That course, I didn't have any manuals. I had nothing. And I listened to it. It was 24 CDs. And I went through it, and I went through it, and I went through it. And then I hand wrote out every single word. Comma by comma, every, I wanted to know it. And then this is the other little pinnacle shift, intuition again. It's funny when I'm talking about this now. And I was being headhunted by a, a company in Hong Kong um, through a friend of mine, but I'd had multiple in phone interviews and video, not video back then, phone interviews. And um, they wanted to fly me over that week. And I was going to, it's working for the, one of the largest real estate developers in the world. And my intuition kicked in. It just didn't feel right. And I had no money, Lewis. And I mean no money. I was living on credit cards. And 
Instead, I borrowed money and flew to LA for five days for an NLP course hmm. and, and, and came back and I knew what I wanted to do. Everything else disappeared from my life and I knew what I wanted to do. And I didn't know how. I had no clue, but I knew that was where I was being pulled to help people and using NLP to do this. And basically, I started traveling, credit card debt ranked up, but it didn't matter to me. I was just, this is what I was doing. And I started to, and that's how I got to LA and I started working with professional fighters. And that's what took me into entrepreneurs and built my profile and the rest is history. And again, I got to LA, didn't know anyone. <laughs> wow. You know, there's a couple of really important things here that I want to, to highlight. You mentioned earlier that you sat down and you wrote out a vivid description of your perfect day. Yes. Now, that is the kind of thing that, well, that's at the heart of my podcast because uh. it's all about we create stories that we live into, and that's exactly what you were doing. Now, what happens to most people when they have a thought like that? Do they follow through on it? No, because it's scary. And, and besides and it, being scary... It, it creates yeah. certainty. It's, it's the, well, to me, they're tricking themselves, and it's, it's easier to live in that image and rather than going to get it because then they have a belief or, or, or something that keeps them going. But it's, it's, it, they're afraid. But what, what, what were you going to say? Because you've got a nice little answer there, I can see. Well, I, I, I agree with you. I think that fear is always the underlying force that stops us. But I think that the story comes up, mm. well, why am I going to write something like that? That's just fantasy that's just daydreaming and they dismiss mm -hmm. it with that with that language yes. and instead of following through taking the leap of faith mm -hmm. and actually doing the exercise you even said you know what it sounds a little cheesy well yeah. no it doesn't if you're a person in personal development it doesn't sound cheesy because that is the road you've got to take i absolutely love that so you began to master nlp some people may not know what that is. What do the letters stand for? They stand for something called Neuro Linguistic Programming. And okay. really what NLP is, because that sounds very like jargony, right? But really what it is, it's being able to look at memories and basically retrain our patterns in our brain. So for example, our brain is made up of neural nets. Another way to look at them is it's a muscle, plain and simple. Now, we can talk about neuroscience and neuroplasticity and things, but that's a different conversation. The brain is basically like a muscle. What fires together, wires together. It's that simple. Each emotion that we are feeling is connected to a thought about ourselves, the past, the future, a memory, right? That memory is either making us feel good or it's making us feel bad. There's a NLP looks at the strategy or the unconscious strategy. I can talk more about the unconscious mind, but the unconscious, the automatic strategy of how we do anything. What I mean by that is for you to go make a cup of coffee in the morning, Lewis, there's a little, there's steps, right? There's, you might say certain things to yourself, feel certain things, make certain decisions and all of these things. 
It could be 10 steps for you to go make a cup of coffee, but you're just going, I'm going to make a cup of coffee. Well, that's the same with the way multimillionaires think about money or athletes think about training or how you think about yourself. This is also what self-sabotages us. This is what also creates anxiety. This is also what makes us motivated and drive forwards. Like you're saying, and I love what you're saying about stories, because a story can be real or not real. It can be a fantasy or not a fantasy. But the thing is, the biggest thing that's overlooked is our imagination. People think that that's not real. Yet, how has the wheel been created? How did Steve Jobs create the iPad and the iPhone? Everything starts from our imagination. And I know because look at the pinnacle moments and shifts in my life that I've already spoke about. Where did it start? In my imagination. And you know what? You're in good company because Einstein even said that that was the, the, um, where his genius uh, mm -hmm. flourished in his imagination. Absolutely. Oh, that is just wonderful. Thanks so much for that. Mm -hmm. Now, how did you begin to get your first clients? Because here you were, you, you didn't have the credibility, you may have had the knowledge, but how did you start working with people, you know, who were uh, established, successful, etc.? How did you win their trust? You know. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful question. You know, I've been interviewed hundreds of times, Lewis, and I don't think anyone's asked me that question, my friend. And do you know what it is? Whatever it took to build networks and friendships. Every single person that I work with, especially in the early, actually, forget that. Everybody that has been a high, high, high-end client has come through a referral and from someone who's someone else's high end. And how I got involved in that was martial arts. Again, there's a theme going on here. And I got to LA and I'm good at what I good at martial arts. So I'd go and train with martial artists. And those martial artists in LA, they taught the LAPD, the FBI, they also taught Hollywood. So what happened was, is those people, I started working with fighters and those people would talk to clients and they'd talk to friends. And the other thing is, Lewis, <clears throat> you're successful and you know what it takes. And I got to LA and I didn't know anyone. So what happened was, is that you have no concept the amount of hours I would spend driving to go meet somebody for a coffee or lunch, by the way. I would buy it and I didn't have a dollar, but I didn't care because I wanted to build friendships with them. So I literally, I remember driving from LA to Orange County to San Diego to LA in the same day. So many times you have no idea just to spend an hour, an hour and a half, two hours with somebody because I know I like them. I know I want to be close to them, but I also know that relationships take time, effort and energy. So, most people are not prepared to do those things, but that's what's required. There's a wonderful expression that the highly successful people are those who are willing to do what others won't so that they can have tomorrow what others can't. Mm, it's beautiful. And, and it's, it's, you're, you're a living example of that. That is just absolutely wonderful now what changes in your old story had mm -hmm. to happen 
for you to be able to create success? Because you obviously have a lot of demons in you. Yeah, I think you still do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they, they appear every day. And it's, it's a case of it's being aware of them. And it's being aware that you're a constant working progress. It doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. And every day I, I, I wake up, Lewis, sometimes, and I've got anxiety. And, and then it's a case of, well, now what? Now what? Are you going to live in anxiety? Are you going to reset and deal with it until you're not, right? And all of this is literally how I live. It's the same with money. I come back to the UK, Lewis, and I'm living, like visiting for like three weeks, four weeks. And guess where I'm staying? Because my dad's getting, is ill now and, and things like that. I'm staying with my parents because what's the point in me staying five miles away or 10 miles away when I'm in the UK? No reason. I want to see my family every day. My niece, everybody. I love them so much and I appreciate them now. And that took a long, long time to learn. But I'm here and guess what? Very working class mindset still. I don't talk to any of my friends about what I do because they don't even know what I do. Yet they watch me, but they don't know what I do. And I watch these money patterns with my dad still in fear. And everything, everything that I do, it's like he's scared. He's scared because what if, what if it goes wrong, what if? And what happens, me being in this house, it's like a little battle for me because I feel these old, this old mindset or the old stories or the old patterns start to get light, lit up in my brain. And then like I'll catch myself go, oh, wow, I'm worrying about money yet three weeks ago everything's booming and I was in the States and I was doing my thing with my girl and then I come back here and all of these things get triggered. So it's, it's like a little, it's like a little constant little game, (laughs) you know, it really, really is. And my old stories was that no self-worth, you didn't deserve rich people are a very different species. And these are your choices in life and that's it. Stay in your lane right? Mm -hmm. You're different from those people. Mm -hmm. Yet most of my network around the world now are those people. (laughs) And the only people that aren't those people are when I come back and visit Liverpool. (laughs) Wow, that is fabulous. Now, what you said about being in that home and being triggered, have you heard this expression? Environment is stronger than willpower. Oh, I heard that before. And you know what? (laughs) If you allow it to be, it sure is. It sure is. Well, it's insidious because uh, Mm. you can't help but feel it. Like you said, if you're aware, if you're alert, then you'll not allow it to take over. But the feelings will be there. You're heavy, heavy yeah, you can walk into any environment. We just start to uh, unconsciously adopt the behavior of that environment. And very often, it's not very empowering behavior. And yeah. that's because we're buying into a story. You got <laughs> you know, it. It's so, this is incredible stuff, man. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to begin to levitate soon. Um, <laughs> you know what? I joke, but this is, that's funny that you say that. I joke, but I say, 
that's my mission. Before I, I pass on, I'm going to see if I can transcend and levitate. <laughs> and then I'll be totally in control of these atoms. <laughs> that's literally, I've said that for about 20 years. That's funny that well, you say Well, you know what? I believe that there are individuals who can really do that. Me too. You know? I really do. Uh, I've, seen, yeah. I've seen some crazy things in my life, Lewis. Uh -huh. and, um, and, and things that dis, dis, um, completely defy what we know is reality and um and that's a whole different conversation but you understand because i can see it in your eyes listen that's exactly why i created the show because i mean uh, i'm so aware that our what we say is real yeah. is the what we have constructed in our belief system and then it becomes real for us yes and uh, again it's a story do you like the story that's um that you're living or not <laughs> exactly exactly and then it becomes a decision and a choice yeah and every day it becomes a decision and a choice every meeting every memory every thought every every mistake everything becomes a decision and now what now what now what you know mm -hmm. so why do you choose to work with people in very high stress situations that's a very beautiful question. You asked some amazing questions. I'm glad we connected today, my friend. Um, why do I? Because honestly, I don't want people to go through the pain that I've been through. Because there was no one ever to tell me that there's another path. There's another choice. No one, no one came around me when I was going through a nervous breakdown at 27 years old, which is kind of a bit young. <laughs> no one ever told me there's another way. Because the thing was, Lewis, up until the age of 24, I remember getting trained, first of all, in NLP. And the, the guy, Peter Sivright, who'd been trying to get on my podcast for a long time, but he hides. And was an American guy. And I, I, he became very much like a father figure and a mentor for me for, for, for many years. And he was the first person in my entire life to say, Andy, you have a choice in your thoughts. And I remember this train. And I mean, it sounds so obvious. And look what I do as a job now. But at 24 years old, not one single person, even in martial arts, had ever told me that. And I remember him saying it. And I went, whoa, 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 whoa. What? And he went, what do you mean what? And I said, what do you mean? You have a choice. And he goes, Andy, you don't have to think sad or negative. You can think whatever you want. And I was like, what? That sounds ridiculously simple. But not one single person in my life had ever told me that. And, mm. and from there, that was such a profound moment that it, it, I think it just inspires me so much. So going back to your question, why do I work with high pressure? It's because no one had ever told me about that choice up to that point. So just because someone's earning money doesn't mean they know how to control their mind. It does not mean they're happy. It does not mean they're under anxiety. It does not mean all of these things that people think successful people don't deal with. It doesn't work like that. I've, I've had clients who, you know, I've worked with who earn a million dollars a year. They work with me for six months. They suddenly do a launch and it's 10 million, right? So do they, are they successful? Yes. But then 
by just helping them understand their own brain, their own mechanics, their own thoughts, you're able to just take your whole life to a whole new level. So I don't want people to go through the suffering and pain that I went through. These people I work with are way richer than me, right? I'm not working on their business. They're working with me through my wisdom. So all of these things that I've been through, on whatever level, I help people understand more about themselves. And that, I have no explanation why that excites me, but there's a pull in my heart to really help these people. Who knows then what, right? Because in five years, that might not be the pull. Two years might not be the pull. Ultimately, my vision is just to be a philanthropist and be able to go around the world and set up and help people with charities and the people who need it the most. That's that's my calling and my passion. All of this, these stages to me are just about getting me to be that version of me so I can help all of those people. That's all I see, you know? Well, you know, it, it really, the authenticity of what you're saying is, it, it's in your energy, it's in your voice. You know, it's true that it's not sometimes, not actually, let me take that back. Mm. It's not what, the word sometimes doesn't belong in there. It's yeah. not what we say, it's how we say it. Yeah. And what you're saying, I can feel the mm -hmm. truth of it. But I, I also wonder if another part of it is mm -hmm. dealing with people in high stress situations gives you a formidable adversary to fight. Ooh. You mean me need to hang out, mate. Uh, that's, do you know right. what? I've never thought about that. I've never thought about that. You know what? You're probably, you're probably right. My girl always says to me, um, she's like a godsend in my life, right? I don't let many people in close, close, and she's the highest light. She, if, I, if I don't vibrate high, she basically cries. <laughs> so I come back to connect to my heart and come back to being the version of me. If I get in my ego or anxiety, she's that, she's that light. And it's something I try, I've tried very hard to stop is treating life like a battle, you know, because that's my instinct is to fight. But life isn't supposed to be a fight. It's supposed to be flow right? It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be flow. Yet that part of me, you're right. You're right. Absolutely right. It wants to, it wants to engage in a battle. And we could talk about like things like the Bhagavad Gita, which is the book and things like that. And they talk about being a warrior and going in with no intent, but to go into battle and serve. That seems to be a part of me. And for whatever reason, as long as I come from my heart and as long as I go into life with that attitude, I feel that I can help more and more people. Again, I think evolution, personal evolution goes in stages. And this is just the stage I'm at, right? That's it. But I know that I know nothing. But I seem to know more than most people. But I still don't know a damn thing. <laughs> That's why you know more than, more, than most people. Because you can admit that, you see, oh. that's, that's the irony. That's the, the, the Zen truth of it all. Mm. And, you know, this, is gonna, this might blow your mind. My journey, real journey of personal development, 
got its major kickstart in a course I took called Enlightened Warrior Training Camp. Oh, <laughs> interesting. And the interesting. yeah, the mandate of that course, very simple, to tame the cobra of fear. Mm. Right? Interesting. Very interesting. I love this, that. Oh, man. This is, uh, I, I'm levitating now. I'm levitating. <laughs> I can see it. Come back, Louis. <laughs> <laughs> so here's another one for you. What is stress? And why do people react to it differently? Interesting. Stress to me is, um, it, it, it's, it's, again, we, if we go back to your story, right? It's a case of, because, because we think about something in our head, it doesn't mean it's going to work out exactly like that right but what we do is we paint these pictures and these stories in our head about the future and the past but let's just talk about the future about the future and and we that creates a part of us which is safety so us by getting locking on to a future vision to us it creates safety because that's part of our brain the amygdala is constantly looking for that fight or flight or freeze response so what happens is it's constantly a default setting of our brain is it's searching for are we in danger are we in danger really it's designed to keep us safe a classic story i use is like you go to the beach you go for the ocean but what are you doing where are you looking when you're walking down the beach Oh, you're looking at the floor, right? You're not looking at the sky and the sunset. You're looking at the floor walking down that beach. But why? It's because that part of your brain is making sure that you're safe. It's making sure that there's no holes or snakes, right? But that's only part one. But it, most of us focus on that because it's a default part of our brain. It's like, okay, are we safe? I mean, look, I'm worrying about money. I'm worrying about this. I'm worrying about this. Because that part of our brain's going, are you safe? Are you safe? Are you safe? Are you safe? But there has to be that moment that you go, yes. Part two is, what did I come for again? What do I want? Oh, it's that view. Oh, all that stress disappears. So to me, stress is really the nervous system responding to what we're focusing on. And yeah, we could go on and on and on and on, Lewis, but to me, it's, it's none of it's real. The past isn't real. The future isn't real. These are just memories that we're making up in our head. Why is it that I can go back to a trauma? I've, Lewis, I've worked with post-traumatic stress disorder. I've worked with rape victims. I've worked with OCD face-picking disorders. I've worked with anxiety attacks where people will just collapse and no doctors can fix them. I've worked with everything, um, eating disorders. I've worked with everything you can possibly imagine, right? All of this is why I can do what I do, right? That's the wisdom. But I also see that we make up such stories in our life about the past. Why is it me, you, Lewis, and some other cool people? We could all go out for dinner, buddy. Two weeks later, I could interview us all. What happened that night? Every single one of us remembers a completely different version of that night. Oh, the wait waitress was annoying. The waitress was amazing. The food was hot. The food was cold. It's everything's different. So my question always is, what's real? 
the way you're thinking about the future. Well, is that real? Are you doing it? No. You just are thinking about the future a certain way, which means you're going to believe that way. You're going to have that attitude. You're going to value yourself a certain way. And you're probably going to talk to yourself a certain way and feel a certain way. All about something that's not even real, right? It's the same with the past. It's not real. So what is real? Mm-hmm. Right here, right now. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. presence, that breath. That moment where we get clarity, that moment where everything else disappears, and even if it's for a second, that's reality. Nothing else is. Mm-hmm. I love that answer. I mean, and the reason I asked it is that in my journey, I, before personal development, yeah, I used to, was always in reaction. Yeah. And... So I experienced stress a lot. Then as I began to learn that it was a choice, I began to perceive that maybe stress is made up because if I choose not to react but to respond to a situation, I won't feel what I can call stress. Right, right, and right. A great example of it, I really got to put it to the test. A few years ago, I had bought my very first Mercedes-Benz. Nice. Oh, man, I loved it. I just loved this car. And I had it for 14 months, and one day, I totaled it. And that's a whole other story. Why I am, you know, but anyway, I (laughs) I totaled it, and I wasn't hurt. No one was hurt, but the car was finished. Right. I remember when I stepped out of the <laughs> crunched up vehicle. Wow. And I looked at it and I, I realized this car ain't going nowhere until it's towed. I've been there. That I also remembered something from my personal development. I put it immediately into effect. And here it was. My choice was to ask the question, why did this happen to me? (laughs) The worst question in the world, because I will get an answer to it and it won't be a good answer. It's going to be a stressful one. So instead, this is what I asked. How can I make this great? And when I asked that question Mm. and I focused on it, I didn't feel bad. It's not that I didn't care about the car. I just let it go. And on my way home, I had to take a train home. And by the way, when I bought my train ticket, I bought a first-class ticket (laughs) so that I celebrate and treat myself well. Beautiful. I took out my iPad and I began to write, how can I make this great? I wrote a whole list. By the time I got back to Toronto where I live, Mm -hmm. I felt liberated. I said, wow. This is phenomenal. I'm going to be able to um, enjoy the next couple of years in a different way. I'm not going to have the car payments. I'm not going to have this and that, etc. And it was amazing. And I actually didn't worry about that car at all. Now, if if I had asked the other question that would create a different story, the question being, why did this happen to me? 
I know that for the next three months, I'd be beating myself up yeah. and I'd be holding on to what if I had done this differently? What mm -hmm. if I had done that differently? I'd be depressed, etc., etc. So mm -hmm. stress, mm -hmm. I can either choose to be in stress or not. Absolutely. I love, that's a brilliant story, my friend. And I want to know all the other things behind it. But I, I love that because it, it's also that choice right there in the moment. And we, we, like in the personal development world and all the rest of it, we, we say all these things, but it, it, it's not easy, right? It's simple, but it's not easy. And when you see all these big stories, we'll use the word story again, but all of these um, like media biases, meaning that you see the brochures of the magazines and all these internet marketing stories and everyone's doing so well. Well, guess what? They got there, but it wasn't easy. When you see people um, who were really happy and successful, that's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy to get fit and healthy. It's not easy to get muscles, right? It's not easy to be happy. It's not. It's our brain is wired to look for danger, <laughs> right? So it's not easy to be happy. But to me, sometimes I can get overwhelmed. I can get anxious. I can get stressed. But the difference is, here's a story from, uh, I'll, I'll give the, the guy the reference, um, and a spiritual guy called Ramdas. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, you know Ramdas, uh, mm -hmm. one of the most amazing people I've 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 never met him. I've just listened to hundreds of hours of his stuff, and I remember him saying he gives it. Obviously, he's like ninety or so now, but it's it, back in his day. He gives it to his audience. He said, "Do you know what? I've been traveling the world, working with the top Indian gurus and meditating and doing yoga for about forty years." And he says, not one of my OCDs, anxieties, intricacies have gone. And the whole crowd went silent. They went, what? It's like, why are we even listening to this guy? And he gives it, the difference is, now they only come for moments. Mm. That's the difference. Mm -hmm. And sometimes things of stress or perceived stress, whatever you want to call it, it does get too much. That's the truth. It does get overwhelming. That's the truth. And sometimes you can't shake that for a whole day. That's the truth. Sometimes that might be a week, a month, right? Just saying. But there's a difference. Are you moving back towards happiness, excitement, the vision? Because if you are, that might take a week, an hour, a day, a month. But who cares? You're moving and doing your best to move back towards you, who you know you truly are. And the key word I've learned about everything, and I bring this into my, my clients, I bring this and everything. I'll be saying on stage in London next week, truth. What's the truth? I'm scared about this. I don't know if money's going to come. What's the truth? I don't know if this relationship's going to work out. What's the truth? I don't feel very well. My health's bad. What's the truth? You can't, you can get angry at truth. You can get annoyed. You can get pissed off. All of these things. But at that some point, you're going to have to be even truthful about the truth and accept it. And that's what happens to me in all of these different stages in my life. And 
what is the truth? The truth is I don't want to be in this country. The truth is I don't want to be working with that person. The truth is I don't want to be stuck here. I want to move forward. What is the truth? When the truth comes, you don't need motivation. Because hmm. you're just doing it, right? Mm -hmm. Like with, my, with what I'm doing right now, my whole direction of the business is changing even in, in a different way because I just spent a last year of my life with a business partner that spent a lot of money and spun in circles. Do you see my patterns that I work through? Get business partner patterns? Right. So, but guess what? The truth was, why have I brought a business partner in? Oh, I feel that I didn't know enough. I'm not good enough, right? Self-worth. Always about self-worth, right? Well, really, do I need a business partner? Probably not, right? Doesn't mean they're not brilliant, but I need a team. I need to step up and allow myself to lead the ship, right? Towards my truth. Not someone else's vision, not someone else's truth, my truth. And that point then, that feels freeing. And then, do I need motivation in the morning? No, I'm, I'm in. I'm doing it, right? That's the big difference. Wow. Absolutely love it. <laughs> Can you give us an example of a rapid, dramatic transformation in behavior that you have helped people achieve with NLP? Oh, I can give you as many as you want. It's, well, it's, would you well, like it in a business context or would you like it in a personal context? Which would feel most dramatic to you, the personal? Mm -hmm. You know what? I'll tell you this story. I'll tell you a little story. This was actually an interesting, I was quite, about three years ago, four years ago, I came back to visit family. That's why I was in the UK again. So we'll tell that story. And my mom's friend, um, she was like 60 years old at the time, kept fallen unconscious she kept collapsing literally kept collapsing and collapsing and collapsing like this and this was going on for about three or four months she went to see doctor after doctor after doctor after physician and no one could work it out they tried her on that many medicines and all the rest of it now she knew it was something to do with the way her, you know she was getting anxiety let's call it that right and she just was and didn't understand anything about it well, after all of those doctors, all the rest of it, it took me one session, right? One session to cure what no doctors could. But how? Was she willing to change and she was ready? Absolutely. But her story, her pattern had been developed from when she was a little kid, connected to her dad, but then her dad had passed on but was massively abusive, and then her mom was still alive. And what happened was every time she was thinking about a mom or going to visit a mom, literally the unconscious mind has, a, has like a switch and it's designed to keep us safe. So when I've worked with athletes and everyone in the past or whoever's under the most amount of pressure, what happens is the unconscious mind goes, you can't handle that because they become obsessed with it, it's so much pressure. So what it does, it, it only knows, it's just trying to stop you from doing that pressure. So it takes you out by getting you sick or an injury. And I've seen it so many times in professional athletes and in, in, with entrepreneurs, but this story is exactly the same. So what was happening is, because she hadn't been able to deal with that trauma, because she didn't understand how mental tools, what happened was, it was like a safe mode. 
she was literally her body um, was switching off and she was collapsing she was collapsing in supermarkets she was collapsing at home it was crazy one session she worked with three times with me that was it but that first session because she was so desperate to change and ready to change we could put that lever on her so once we'd gone back into those memories and we'd, we'd switched it once we reconnected to a perception around her mother a different way, once we changed that filter system on her brain, her beliefs and her attitudes towards herself, and then we linked that to the future, everything changed immediately, immediately. There was no more, there was no more collapsing. And she literally went to see her mom like two days later and gave her a hug full of love and they have a beautiful relationship. So there's a little story of the power. It's not NLP. Let me explain. NLP is like a toolbox or mechanics, like a system to understand what we already do automatically. So it's about being able to go and look at structures and relink or reconnect. And whether I'm working with someone who's a Forex trader or a real estate broker, or someone with anxiety attacks or trauma. To me, it's all the same thing. There's logical things that are going on in their brain, and we have to change their perception. When we change their perception, literally the world on the outside changes instantly. It's incredible. And you know what that feels like, I'm sure. Wow. You know, you just said it's a little story. No, it's not a little story at all. Now, did you say it's not NLP? No, it is. Well, it's, well yes, it is NLP, but uh, it, it, NLP is just a toolbox. NLP is a very detailed map to understand what we already, already do automatically in our brain. So it's like a manual, okay? And I'm very good at using that manual. But ultimately, that person makes that change inside themselves. Ultimately, they connect them to the truth. I just guide them and change them. And what that really, really does, Lewis, the, the behind it all, what it's really doing is retraining the nervous system to respond a different way. Because mm-hmm. the unconscious mind is really, we can call it the body mind. We can call it, that's the bit of our mind that blinks us, breathes us, affects our lymph system. Mm-hmm. And when we retrain the unconscious mind, really retraining the visual components, very specific techniques, obviously. But when we do that, the nervous system responds a different way. And that's how we're able to do things like that. I worked with a, 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 a God, these are, these are a long time ago because I haven't worked with this type of clients in a long time. But I've worked with... A, I don't know why this came up, but maybe it's going to help somebody. I worked with um, a, a severe, I worked with a couple of severe rape victims, and there was a girl that um, she was an athlete, pro athlete, but she got abused when she was six years old, multiple, multiple times, and she was twenty six years old, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. That affected her. It affected her relationships, it affected her happiness, it affected her business, it affected her 24 hours a day. I can't even comprehend that pain, right? Can't even comprehend it. Well, the great thing was, 
I didn't even have to know any of the details. Like a classical psychologist or therapist or normal everyday coach will go in and they'd want to know why. Why and all the stories and all the things, right? But I don't want to know all that because it's not needed. What I'm doing is taking them back into that past with a different perception. So what I do is I build a resource state, meaning a good version of them. A happy, motivated, driven, clean, loving, caring version of them or whatever whatever we're doing. And that version of is them is what I build into anchors and stuff. And that's what I go back. And that's where we can take this new version of the world and we go back and deal with that old trauma. So what happens is that's how we retrain or rewrite the software. That's how we change the story. And as soon as we change the story around that rape, I remember speaking to her the next week because she did two or three sessions. That was it. And she said to me, she gives it. I said, well, what's going on in your head this week? And she went, do you know what? Until you asked me that, I hadn't even thought about it. I hadn't even thought about that scene for the first time in my life. Now, is that my skill? A little bit. Is it them ready to change? A little bit. Is it the NLP too? A little bit. So what were those things put into a pie? That's how we make change. And it, it, it's, it, that's no different, that trauma, to, to a business. There could be a business partner ripping you off like mine have in the past couple of them. Well, guess what? That still creates trauma. It's just a different way. So, and then what happens is, like you're saying, I love what your podcast is all about because it's, we go back to those stories. So they were repeating that story in the head a million times. That mm -hmm. becomes a solid, strong muscle or neural net that just automatically plays. So was that truth that that happened to them? Yes. But you know what? The person that did it to them also had truth about why all the things in their life that led them up to that moment to make that decision. So there's so many different perspectives and, and, and ways to see any situation. It's a case of now what? Now what? Now what? Now what? Okay, this is it. Now what? And that's what you said, like, just when you were talking about that car crash, right? You interrupted that pattern and you went, okay, two ways we go here. Now what? Love it, man. And, you know, I, I can honestly tell you that this interview with you is one of the ultimate interviews in terms of capturing the real depth of the theme that I want to bring to the world of change your story, change your life. I can't thank you enough, my friend. Now, can you uh, mention the titles of three books that are your favorites? Oh, yeah. I'll give you the first classic title that was the first personal development book that ever got put in my hands at the age of 21. 20, no, 24, sorry, when I got to Australia. Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> because do you know what the crazy thing is about that book, Lewis? I, if the last couple of chapters, you know what they talk about? Visualization. Of course. Everything. That's all they talk about. They said the real, the world, like Andrew Carnegie created that world and was all of these high powered people and they basically built the civilization that, that, that we live in. 
all through visualization. It's an amazing book, and it took me a long time to understand those visuals, right? Uh-huh. Another book that I absolutely love and I read a few years ago was something called The 50th Law. The what? Uh, the 50th Law by Robert Greene. Hmm. It's, it's, it, the original book was called The 48 Laws of Power. And what this was, he wrote this book to try and protect people in Hollywood from basically people hurting them and ripping them off. And so he, he showed all the tactics that people were using. Now, this is the crazy thing. The rap industry got hold of this book and used it the opposite way to like influence and do all those things. Instead of he made it so he could help people, they used it to influence people, right? So what happened, the 50th Law is a book um, co-written by 50 Cent, the rapper, <laughs> and, and Robert Greene. And talk about as an amazing mindset and a hyper-intelligent guy. That's 50 Cent, right? Curtis, I can't remember. Not Curtis Warren. Curtis, I think his name is, right? But it shows how he overcomes fear. It shows his perception on life. It shows how to be safe. And it shows how to come from nothing and how to basically win at the highest level. That's an incredible book. Mm. Um, now, Robert Green, is that uh, with an E at the end or just? Yes, it's yeah. with an E at the end. Yeah, Green, yes. And one and, more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll tell you what a nice NLP book is. There's a Get the Life You Want. And it's, it's called, that's what it's called. And it's wrote by one of the co-founders and creators of NLP called Richard Bandler. Now, could you spell yes, you know about Richard? What's that? Sorry. Spell his last name. Yeah. Bandler B it's my accent. See Lewis B A N D L E R. No. Okay. Good. That's, that's what it sounded like. Yeah. 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 But so, Hey, even my girlfriend can't understand me. So don't worry. So, <laughs> but now just do you understand about Richard Bandler? He's crazy. Okay. He's absolutely insane in a good way and bad way. And he was, he was, he grew up in a very rough environment, but NLP came from psychology into understanding that there was two different ways that, that, um, why NLP got created really. Because if, for example, if you took a um, classical psychology would take like smokers, for example, let's use that. They wanted to work out how someone stopped smoking. So they get a room full of people who smoked and they'd look at all the strategies they did and all the rest of it. Richard Bandler came along and went, well, why are you doing that? I'm going to take a room full of people who have quit smoking and work out how they quit. That's the big shift in focus. So that's even in classical um, psychology, they'll take you back to root causes and they'll sit you in the root causes, hoping that you'll gain a different perspective. But the challenge with that, if you understand these are neural nets, if I take you back to a, a story or there's a memory from the past that is gone and I sit you in that memory, it's going to make that muscle bigger and thicker and it's going to make that memory easier to do. That's, that's, that's the mistake in classical psychology where NLP focuses on moving you forwards. It goes into memories from the past where you had resources and it builds the future until the past doesn't even mean anything. That's mm. the difference, right? So Get the Life We Want by Richard Bandler is nice and simple, but it's brilliant. 
Fantastic. Thank you. My friend, um, we could talk a while. <laughs> well, we could talk probably till, uh, you know, the season changes, but, we could. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I think we, we must bring it unfortunately to a close. So <laughs> quickly, what would be your final thoughts that you'd like to leave people with? Oh, no, no, no. Before that, Whoa. how can people reach you? Oh, hey, you know, if someone wants to reach me, that's easy. Um, my brand is called Mindset by Design. Okay. I've got like 140 plus episodes of a podcast there, um, which is besides having world, world-class guests on, you get to listen to me really tell stories, but not even the stories. I really give techniques and tools and really a lot of knowledge that I give to private clients paying me thousands of dollars. But you get, I just want to help, Lewis. That's all the podcast was created for. You can also find me on, um, on Facebook, Mindset by Design, Instagram, Mindset by Design, Twitter, Mindset by Design. But really, it just look for, you can type into Google, Andy Murphy NLP, and I will pop up, sir. Fantastic. And now, final thought that you would like to leave people with. I love it. I love it. And I was just thinking about that as you, as you were saying. Let's go back to my childhood, Lewis, with my first mentor, Bruce Lee. I'm going to give you a Bruce Lee quote. And this is a big thing. And I'll explain the quote, and then I want you to, I'll explain what I mean behind it. So the quote is, do not be afraid of the man who practices one, uh, a thousand kicks once. Be afraid of the man who practices one kick a thousand times. What do I mean by that, right? People tend to float from this idea to this idea to this thought, looking, 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 right? But they're not building the muscles that are going to make them perform. They're not building what they want. So like all these areas in my life, I get clear on what I want, and then I build the habits to become that version of me that needs to be able to create that result. So be afraid of the man who practices the same thing a thousand times to mastery. Now we go, we take that into um, mastery being 10,000 hours these days, but understand that whatever you're doing, do it with your heart, do it with your soul, become world-class at it. Then your life will change. Wow. What a beautiful thought. I was going to say to end on, but to transition on <laughs> because things do not end this no, is for you storytellers this could actually be a new beginning for you thank you thank you thank you andy murphy thank you so much lewis it's 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 been amazing to hang out with you for this time and um share your wisdom and um yeah, anything I can do for your for your listeners, anything in the future, anything. If I can come back on a hundred times, Lewis, whatever you need, I'm here to help me. And uh, I can see us doing uh, more than one podcast for sure. Oh, we could okay. talk for hours. <laughs> yes, we can. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you, storytellers, for tuning in today. Andy has given you a gift. Let it enrich your life. During the next week, start with a blank sheet of paper. On that sheet, 
write a description of your perfect day. And to help you do that, ask this question, how can I change my story and change my life? Tune in to the next episode of Louis DiBianco's podcast. Become unstoppable as you learn to change your story, change your life.